Man, I totally fucked up like a screen recording the other day where I was, I recorded for like an hour and then I didn't have my Ableton or like my audio recording. And I oh, was like, no. I can't believe I did that. Like, Kayla will I've be heard of many tragedies proud like of that. Me. <laughs> Um, just reminds me of like back in the day when you like loot like things like that happen less so nowadays because of all the auto saving that goes on but like yeah. back when we were younger like how many times did you lose a file you know like oh my gosh yeah it's true gabby actually just lost like some work the other day because she's getting used to using git now uh yeah. for like saving changes and so you almost like think you're too safe with it sometimes and it like can remove stuff if you haven't checked it into the repo oh, so that's unfortunate uh, yeah yeah uh everyone every developer does that a, a couple times in the early stages i guess it's like yeah one of those things you got to go through to learn <laughs> same yeah. with back in the day when you have to remember to save your damn files oh yeah definitely not anymore now we don't save files we can forget our passwords all this stuff and it's more secure <laughs> honestly yeah I, I don't know are we in this now i guess i don't okay. uh yeah wait i don't know i never i just want to make sure you're recording i'm recording yeah we're in it okay cool um uh, i i was gonna say yeah i like i probably have too much confidence in documents auto saving like but then <laughs> the thing is is it's like when I lose a file, I have absolutely no anger because I know it's my own doing. It's like, well, you you did this. You could have <laughs> saved your files, you know? Like, that was an option. So, I don't except know. Except when it isn't. Except when it isn't. Like, sometimes Notion, you know, it's like, I'm, I've been on a plane before and it's not an option. Oh, and yeah. then I come out of offline mode and the shit's gone. So Oh, I never have had that happen. It, that's, that's good to know that that's a possibility. Be careful about it. I think they've probably done a lot of improvements since then this was like early notion uh but but yeah it caught me off guard but i haven't been bit by that like too many times really yeah i'm trying to think in recent history no and also your example of of not knowing passwords like i'm i'm pretty guilty about that now now i have become better such that every time i do forgot password which is still often i set a new one in my password manager so it's taken care of and it's more secure um, because I feel like doing that kind of migration all at once, like I don't even know all of the services that I am signed up for. So I'm just doing it as I, as I find the need to log into things and hopefully it will sort itself out in the long run. I, I actually think, even, I think that's a good way to go about it. Even if you do remember the password for it, like yes. it's just like, that's how I found myself doing it. It's just like click the forgot password and then sign it into my, uh, password manager. So, yeah, it's one of those things that. I should have done years and years and years ago. And then it just kept feeling like such a burden. But now it's actually just so much more convenient to have the passwords auto saved and just be able to just click a button and, you know, it logs in. Yeah. Uh, huge, huge benefit. I know. And so many people don't do it. And so many people are like, I know, I know I need to do this. And uh, and it's like, yeah, like it's not any harder, I feel. Um, it's just that change in process that yeah. you have to get used to and yeah but it's also like because it's near impossible when you tell people don't use the same password for everything but is it even humanly possible to do that without a password manager if you're signed up for a ton of services unless you have some type of system you know yeah, yeah. which i know some people who do but then i'm like but still then your system could 
technically be decoded in some way because it's a system based on something related to that website, right? So Yeah, and like a lot of times when you get hacked is well, most of it was probably just like a forgotten password in a database somewhere, but like sometimes it can also be social engineering or like yes. someone who knows you is like the next most likely culprit. I'm guessing, I don't know, I haven't researched this extensively, but you know, so it's like yeah, if they know anything about you then they can they can figure out your if they figured out one of your system um <laughs> yeah like uh, a friend of mine told me their system before password managers uh <laughs> back in the day and and it was like i'm not gonna say it <laughs> but yeah it, well, it's like now that i know the system i was like that's pretty smart because like and i i was thinking of doing that because i didn't think these things existed at the time but now that we don't have to worry about that just like just you know use one yeah i was gonna say i feel like my brothers both have a system they probably also have password managers at this point but maybe this was years ago but i'm thinking you know my younger brother had the system first and passed the system to my older brother but then if i asked for the system and figured out what their you know root word or whatever was then could i just hack all of their accounts like i don't know how the system works so i would need to ask uh more about it but anyway yeah um shall we get into some updates what you've been up to I would love to. I feel like, uh, yeah, it's been a big week for you, but I'm happy to kick it off. Um, okay. So on personal side of things, I usually start with that. So Spanish, we talk about Spanish a lot. I signed up for additional Spanish lessons, which I'm excited to trial out. So I mentioned to you before. In, in that you're doing both with Julio and someone else now? Yes. Or? Wow. So I haven't started yet, but... I mentioned to you before that there's this website called Baselang and it's a language school based out of Medellin in Colombia and they have in-person and online. They have um, they have an accelerated course. All of their lessons are conversation based and I think we were both in the, in the camp that there were some mixed reviews on it. But in addition to their accelerated course, which you can either do two hours or four hours a day, they have an option where you can basically pay... $150 US a month and you get unlimited access to these half an hour tutoring sessions with um with teachers. And so all of their teachers are based in Venezuela, which is good because I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm leaning obviously towards learning um you know Spanish as it more directly is spoken in Latin America because of mm -hmm. my partner and and the people that I will be exposed to. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to try it out. They have a, a curriculum that the teachers follow um, and they're all half an hour lessons. And I was just kind of feeling like it might be beneficial to just have a half an hour of speaking a day. And yeah, I'm going to start that this week. That is awesome. I feel like what you've said before of like this turns into this like competition. Like as soon as I hear that you're bumping up your Spanish, I'm like, oh, Kalen, now I got to go fire it back up again. <laughs> yeah, I just I feel like I have been speaking so much more. Just I'm, I'm more comfortable speaking with my partner now, even though like I'm just I butcher a lot of stuff. But that's perfect. It's getting better and better and better. And so I just feel like I want to run with it right now. And I'm trying to just gravitate during this quarantine and being home so much. I'm trying to just gravitate towards the things that I feel like doing rather than forcing myself to do things that I feel like I should be doing. And so I think this is, you know, a productive use of time and it's what I'm gravitating towards. So I may as well run with it right now. Yeah, that's awesome. I, um, 
I'd say, yeah, I've been also doing that, but the, just the the priorities have been shifted away from yeah. Spanish, which has, you know, I really wish I was doing a better job at balancing some of the things. But at the same time, I also know myself and like I, I'm better to like focus in, in certain things. So, but are you still said, speaking a lot uh, at home with Gabby? No, no. <laughs> Let's not talk about. It. <laughs> no, okay. it's, it, I'm joking. I we are uh, here and there, but like we, it really comes down to like it needs to be like the default because otherwise you just end up like saying these sentences that you know because uh, they're so easy, you know, and, and you've already got it nailed in your head. Like oh, like quieres, you know, you want to eat uh, yeah. dinner, and you you know, it's like okay, but we need to get into more stuff so that I have to look things up so that it's you know an actual challenge um and so i need to really focus on that and i need to do my homework more julio is gonna kill me once again that i have not <laughs> done my homework maybe I'll i'm not very good with the homework either I do, I do my lessons and then i i speak a lot i speak as much as i can or speak a decent amount i will give myself that high of a rating with with diego and I'd spend a lot of time just trying to translate things in my head or asking Diego to tell me how you say things, different things in Spanish. Um, but I think it's also like state the obvious that, you know, my teacher is more patient with me than my partner when it comes to teaching a language, because that is my teacher's profession. Um, but one thing before I move on to the next topic that mm -hmm. may or may not be helpful to you that I've been considering doing is I have these, this deck of cards, which is meant to be writing prompts um, so I journal a lot generally every day and sometimes I just have nothing to write about. Maybe it's cause I'm in a bad mood or whatever it is. So I'll use these as writing prompts, but sometimes, or like back in the day, Diego and I used them as almost just like, uh, like how table topics work. Like you just read the question and both people answer it. But I was thinking that it could be helpful to do that in Spanish because like you said, it will force you to talk about things using words that you know nothing about yeah, or that you've that, never used before. That's it. Um, that is a really good idea because basically, yeah, I like Julia uh, showed this exercise the other day where we were just watching a video with some guy doing a bunch of stuff. And I just had to say the things that the guy was doing. And even that you just start realizing like how many words you're missing and then you have to go look it up and then you have to think about it. And so, yeah, it's, it's really good to just like have those types of prompts that because the thing I'm actually kind of surprising bad at is being creative if he's like tell yeah. me a story tell me something i just freeze and like i yeah whereas like i feel like i'm a decently creative person but i can't just make up a story on the spot uh and so we end up having to like pull words out of me like you know out of these default sentences so yeah yeah i hear you the i think i did the same video as you and the other thing that we did in class recently i know this is not a language learning podcast but here we are um was use the this board game that diego has julio just saw it sitting behind me and it's called dixit and it just has all of these these cards in it that are just different miscellaneous illustrations and i forget how the actual board game works but i think it has to do with storytelling and so i would just pull random cards and tell a story based on that so because i agree with you coming up with things to talk about is difficult that's cool yeah um and then okay so in addition to spanish outside of work things i have been st i've started reading again which i go through phases with reading I generally, when I read, I'm not an obsessive reader, but I will get into phases where I try to read like 10 to 15 pages a day because then I can get through about a book a month. And so I picked up a book earlier this week and it just felt so good to to sit down 
and and take some time and read. And I always forget how much I like it. Um, so I'm excited about that. I'm reading Choose right now, which is uh, an entrepreneurship book. Uh, I'm not fully sold on it right now, but I'm going to run with it and just just read it and see what comes out of it. Choose um, like O-O-S-E like, or like yeah. you're chewing something. Okay. No, no. It. Choose like choose something. And it, it has it has a lot to do with like identifying like appropriate markets um, that you'd want to go into and starting a business and how like that's actually the starting point beyond the like, what do I build? It's like, who am I building it for? Um, which I align with that idea, but I'm just curious to see where the where the book goes with it. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I would, I guess, like on the social side of things, um, I mean, I've been declining some more video calls than in, in previous weeks because it's just all too much for me, too much socialization, which is weird because I'm like a, I go to on both sides. Like I like a lot of alone time. I also like socializing, but it feels like it sucks a lot out of you to go on like video call after video call. But um, yesterday we had, uh, it was my friend's birthday and we did a surprise murder mystery which was absolutely hilarious and so his partner was the host and we all had characters and everybody fully dressed up as their character and like put on accents and all this kind of stuff and so he thought we were just joining a zoom call to play like i don't know some jackbox video or i mean game and then when he logged on we all had like this same background and we were all in character and all dressed up and we were like these italian mobsters and and it was just like hilarious um some people in my group of friends are very great at acting and so it just it went it was really fun if 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 anyone has any like motivation to organize something like that i think it's it's like such a good thing to do with friends is there any like template that you can share okay Uh, yeah so i'll 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 grab the one that we used and it's it it's pretty uh friendly to people who are beginners at it so you have a character it tells you who you are and you have specific lines that you also need to say every round so the host will kind of like call you in order and also you have responses so you know if like lorenzo says something about this then i have to say this next line then there's a bunch of investigators who ask questions i've never done a murder mystery before so this is all obvious to everyone sorry but uh i thought it was super fun I've never, yeah, never done it. That's so cool. I'm, uh, yeah, I, I think that's just such an awesome, <laughs> I don't know, awesome thing to do in these crazy times. Yeah. And uh, some people are very eager about it. They are like, let's do it every weekend. I don't know if I'm on that level, but, uh, it was super fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then today, uh, I'm like pretty much committed that I'll maximum do one group video call a day. So today with my, with my siblings and their partners and my partner, we're going to do board games, but like, there's this physics simulator called Tabletopia where you it actually simulates the board game. So it's a lot like playing them in real life. Um, like you actually like pick up and move pieces and flip cards and all of that. So they hmm. basically rebuild the whole game in this physics simulator. Um, yeah. So we're going to do that today. That's cool. Yeah. And then in terms of work updates, uh, I haven't been doing a lot outside of work, but there's been a lot going on at work. It's been quite busy. Um, so I think in terms of what I've talked about for my work to date, I've been primarily coaching one squad at Ecobee and I absolutely love them. I love working with them. They're so great. Um, but I'm also excited because I'm starting to work with, um, a few other squads in more of a smaller consulting capacity. So I started working with a new squad who is trying to transition from scrum to Kanban. And, um, so that's what I started working on last week and I'll continue working on that over the next few weeks. 
Uh, I think it's super interesting to to come into new teams because people are all kind of at different levels of understanding and experience. Um, and I find that a lot of the people I've worked with um, at Ecobee are not super familiar with how to set up proper metrics and dashboards and all of that kind of stuff on top of the actual, you know, process related things that they need some ramping up on. So I'm super excited to work on that and then have the opportunity to work with uh, some of the hardware teams at Ecobee, which is something that I didn't think I would get the opportunity to do. Uh, not in a large capacity, but they're trying to run a larger retrospective um, on a previous uh, a partnership that they engaged with for some for building some of the new hardware that we just launched. Um, a retrospective for those people not knowing is like a, a session where people can get together and speak about things that went well and didn't go well in a process, but they can be... Um, you know, tricky things to set up depending, you know, how much stuff we need to cover. And in this case, it's a rather lengthy uh, timeline and, and and big partnership that they're looking to review. So I'm also super excited about that because I'm very interested in electronics and hardware, but I don't know a lot about it. And I just think um, getting to understand more of the nitty gritty about how we do some things in house and how we work with external partners uh, will be super interesting. And this kind of also gives me an opportunity to be able to sit down and do some research and collaborate with people outside of um, the, the digital product space. So that's really cool. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, that was one of the cooler parts that I also just kind of interacted with through by proxy mostly at Ecobee is the whole hardware part of it. It's like, it just adds this whole interesting element that is otherwise not really what you see in uh, most software jobs or any like tech industry, you know, job that I've had before. So I don't know. There's just so much cool stuff there. Um, it sounds pretty, pretty exciting. Yeah. And then I think, so the last area, which is, which is upcoming is uh, another kind of non product focused department is that I'm going to be collaborating with the mar the marketing department um, to help them get from uh, what I think right now is kind of like an Excel based project management style that, that, that they're in and, and figure out how to transition that onto something like Jira or a project management platform to help make their workflows a little bit more uh, seamless and automated and, and in line with the rest of the company. And I really, really like working with, um, non-technical teams as well, because I think um, there's so many things that I've learned from working in uh, on product teams or on development teams about, you know, how we set up our processes and how we make them more efficient. And I think that other departments uh, can benefit from a lot of the things that we do, but they're just less exposed to it. And I think because they have the desire and eagerness to go in that direction right now, it's like the perfect time. Um, I think yeah, that and trying you can to have, you can have like a really big impact with like, just a few things instead yes. whereas like maybe in some of these teams that are used to these processes already like you're trying to find like these small wins yes. here and there and you're micro optimizing but like you know this is kind of just like well if you do two things you're like 80 percent of the way there and that yeah totally so i think it's like see. go ahead sorry that's it i was gonna say i think it's exactly what you're saying where for example, the, the squad that I coach, the main squad that I coach, they, you know, when I came in, they had their version of, of all their own ceremonies set up, which are kind of meetings within the, within the scrum framework. And they're doing a pretty good job, but it's like, okay, within all of these ceremonies, how do we optimize that? How do we optimize our activities around them? What do we need more discipline in? But with this, you're right. It's like 
the, the, the first steps are often where you see kind of the most productivity gains. Um, if you can get those kind of nailed down correctly. So there's a lot going on at work right now and, um, a lot of different things, but I'm, I'm super excited and I'm, I'm glad that through everything that's kind of going on in our world right now that I, I have a job, which is a distraction, um, from all of that, uh, to some extent, I think in general, I still am to some extent having more difficulty focusing, but I think that's a product of not just what's going on, but also working from home, but being busy helps me stay more focused. So, um, yeah, these are the kind of the things that I'm tackling right now in terms of my day job. And I haven't really, um, yeah, haven't been looking at too much outside of day job right now. Yeah. Fair. It sounds like uh, a lot going on anyway in other fronts. So yes, that's cool. Yeah. And I know that you've had a a pretty big week. Um, and so I'm excited to hear kind of everything from your perspective because I think you like to keep me in the dark during the week as much as you can. So you can give me a big, (laughs) big bang reveal during the podcast. I feel like I (laughs) I give a few little uh, snippets throughout, but just enough (laughs) to create suspense. (laughs) Um, yeah, this, this was a really fun and interesting week because, uh, yeah, we launched the beer finder, uh, website and it, man, I don't know, working on stuff like this is, is, uh, it's so rewarding. And then it's also, it just like took me back to like when I would be like, uh, in a band and like you're you're hosting a concert and you're waiting for people to show up and you're like, yeah, is anyone going to come? You know, like, is, is it just going to be crickets? And I was thinking that the like two days leading up to this is basically like this could go either way. It could fall flat and be like such a slog or it could get a great response. And in it's all relative, right? To what your expectations are and what you're aiming, what your goals are. Um, and I didn't really know what to expect. And so I had set pretty low expectations um, about how this would all go. But yeah, we um, we just like, I don't know, it all took off like really well. So I'm like very excited about how everything went. Um, we had like 1.4 thousand people on the first day visit the site, cool. um, which, uh, yeah, I think if I heard a, an interview with Cortland Allen, uh, who founded Indie Hackers uh, recently. And he was basically, it just um, kind of made me appreciate where it's like, um, you know, people can be on like m- any of the millions of websites in the world at any time and they're choosing to be on yours. That's like a small miracle. <laughs> yeah. So I was, you know, I'm very happy with those numbers. It's been, um, yeah, I guess I'll get more into the launch stuff. Um, basically, like we, so me and Dan have been working on this. I've been doing a lot of the code stuff, all the code stuff, uh, all the like uh, technical side of things. And then also helping a lot with like the media and the PR type of things because I've done this with like bands and, and he's been helping a lot on like keeping our list up to date and trying to get like people... Um, more breweries on the list and also helping with the communications and some of the social stuff and, uh, and other things as well. So Mm -hmm. it's been really cool to have uh, a second person on this and be able to, uh, like one, keep each other accountable. Like it, it feels like I actually like need to, I don't know, like communicate what I'm doing and then go and do it. Um, because, um, 
because you're you know if if i if it was just me maybe i wouldn't be making tickets to show what i'm working on at the point or maybe i wouldn't be like verbalizing it and it really forces you to look at it in almost this like way that you would manage any type of project when you're working with people because i do think communication is like the hardest part uh of doing anything with like a team so and so i'm curious uh what what are you able to see from the analytics that you have set up? So if you have these 1,400 visitors on the site, are you able to see who's actually clicking through and ordering? Or to what extent can you see um, what that translates into? Yeah, so I made sure to um, set up some deeper analytics um, that uh, you can use something called actions. Um, and you basically encode them yourself instead of just putting in the general snippet for analytics. You can also do an action when someone clicks on a button or when someone um, you know, clicks a link to go to a site. So I made sure to do that. And it's been probably one of the best decisions uh, that was made so that, yeah, because really a lot of our value from what we're doing which I don't know, this may never make any money, but like it still has some inherent value to see like, oh, we're sending like 60 clicks out to this one brewery um, mm-hmm. because they're, you know, being shown in the results often. So that uh, I have, yeah, tracking of which breweries people are clicking out to, which beers they're looking at, what terms they're searching for, like a IPA or ale or hazy i'm seeing you know everything on which city they're coming from and all these things and i'm trying to use that data in a way that makes that even though it's a small number it still really helps me to um look at and then make decisions on how the product should work um so i have a question Uh, on shopify itself is it easy because i think the majority of these people are on shopify is that correct at this point, yeah, most of them are on Shopify. And and I know you discussed... When we were talking about monetization really high level before, we discussed um, uh, affiliate codes. Is it super easy on Shopify to set up things like that? Like, uh, do you know? So I have been thinking about this and trying to start looking into it, but I'm not sure that it is going to be easy for the affiliate codes in terms of with working directly with the breweries um because they tend to be smaller sales though still probably around 70 dollars an order i I would guess Mm -hmm. because of some of the minimum orders and shipping often costs like ten dollars or something so i am actually trying to think of if we can make that angle work right now it's been just like sending people your way for nothing you know yeah (laughs) i'm yeah i'm very curious like if there's i I know that all the businesses are struggling right now but but the amount of orders is probably worth more if if it resulted from them giving a small discount right so i wonder like obviously this would take a lot of work on the partnership side and working with breweries but if there was some kind of a setup where if people are are clicking through this site maybe they, like maybe they can get like a 5% discount or like just something super small and even on your side if it's even if the i don't know the idea isn't to make like a whole ton of money but just to see if it's possible to make any you know maybe like you also take a small cut so if they're willing to give up let's say like 7.5% total maybe the consumer gets part of it maybe you get part of it i don't know how the whole setup works but i think like how do you incentivize people to to go to certain breweries i think 
breweries could set you know what appropriate discounts are um, when they're being considered against all these other breweries and then in terms of you facilitating that like is there a way for you to take a, a small percentage um, but th- the reason I was asking if it's easy to do this on Shopify is because likely most of these breweries are new to using Shopify in order for you to sell that this type of you know structure to them it would have to be very easy for them to engage in it a hundred percent um yeah I'm I, all the things that you've mentioned, like discount codes and things are definitely like on my uh, list of just like monetization blabberings of like, you know, here are some potential ways. And so I do think that is one of the more challenging ones because it does probably involve like an integration unless there's some quick drop in plug in for like, mm-hmm. here, just drop this in and it's not, it's going to take five minutes and then you have affiliate yeah program in place and um so more to more to see on that um i'm basically coming at this in a couple stages and monetization at this point is like low on the list because um if no one's using if no one's using it it will have like very low value what we're trying to get right now is like people using using the platform and getting more breweries on the platform so i've set some goals right now that are basically I want to reach 10,000 visitors for the month. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be possible, but that's a, you know, it's a stretch goal. Um, also to get a hundred subscribers, email subscribers so that uh, we can retain people and get them coming back. Cause one thing I've noticed is like day one, we had 1.4 K people. The next day we had 700 or something. And then the next day was like 200. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's following the media and then, and then it's gone. Like often you see in the news, it's like something's the hot thing and then it's gone. And so we need to find a way of like, that's going to happen, but we need to catch some of that wave and like, I don't know, keep it in a, yeah, it's, it's also interesting gonna... because it's the type of service where like, let's say there's maybe a percentage of people who visited the site and thought, oh, this is great. And they actually went through and made an order. And then there's a percentage of people that are, you know, maybe they are like, this is great, but I actually just ordered beer. I don't need to order beer right now. So I'll come back. But it's not necessarily the type of place that people will go to every day. Right. So I wonder if like, you know, when you when you first launch it and people are going on it, like even if they made an order, it might be a little while before they come back. And it might not be until over time that you kind of can see like an, an evening out of that as like new people keep coming on. But um, I, I, I think that what you say also holds a lot of weight. I'm just kind of thinking out loud right now. No, 100 percent. It's um, I love workshopping this and you're on the same kind of wavelength as I am uh, about it. So increasing yeah increasing return vi- visitors is going to be key and and part of that is like getting emails like yeah. it, there's not much more valuable in terms of like being able to um i don't know like yeah you can have people follow you on twitter you can have people follow you on facebook and things but you can see those platforms shift a lot in um how much i don't know you're subject to an algorithm that like shows yeah. in their news feed or not and that can change at any point same with seo but if you have a newsletter uh or an email li- list like you're directing their email so i hate email marketing i hate a lot of this stuff to be honest this is the last type of business i thought i would be running yeah though i'm still having a lot of fun with it but like yeah. the end game of it is like 
basically seems like a marketing machine, which I like, <laughs> I don't know, I got out of like a while ago <laughs> and to get into tech. Um, but still, yeah, I recognize the value in that. And so, uh, you know, even if it's not me down the road and there's other people who are drafting those emails, if it, if it does have any value to be sending them out. Um, yeah, I wonder what kind of emails would be interesting to the type of people that visit the site. I say that very apprehensively because whenever people ask these questions, my immediate response is no emails are valuable to me and I don't want them because I just, I, I, I think even more than the average person, I have a lot of disdain for email marketing. And when people tell me things like email is king, I'm, uh, my response is I delete every single email. I've never once, but I, again, I, that, I'm on the extreme end of it, but I, I wonder, you know, would it be something like, having uh, a beer of the week and meet the brewer type of thing, like types of types of information or insights that are, are otherwise not available. And I, I think of that from the perspective of also, does that help you to build relationships with breweries? Hey, we want to feature this new beer that you have on our site, free, whatever, but we'd love to chat with your, your brewer just to do like a short interview. And obviously it's work and input, but is that something that would make an email valuable to people because I think this is just a guess the type of people who are going to a, a website to search for craft beers or the type of people that are interested in trying new beers and knowing what the new things are and, and, and having that exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And those are some of my more grandiose plans is actually, I was just thinking earlier about, um, content marketing strategy because really when you're in the an seo related business which this could end up being is because your seo being search engine optimization and trying to find yourself to the top of results in organic searches mm-hmm. you can rely on content and so how do you get good content well yeah i was thinking like we have this whole um roster of breweries and actually a lot of them are getting in touch with us if they're not on the list uh because um they want to be on the list and it's like that is leverage right there to be like hey yeah now we're in touch like do you mind sharing on your socials but also like can we do an interview or a giveaway or something and so i think a lot of people um like you said are interested in the beer scene i've been following extensively for the past couple weeks like how people are you know um like how people work in the space on twitter and reddit like what they're talking about and yeah there's a lot of like beer sharing there's a lot of like um i don't know just discussion beyond just looking for the beer there's a lot of like culture around it yeah um and so i think capturing that in a way i i've looked at a lot of the blogs and media that are like ontario beer media and it's just um i don't know it's all over the place in terms of what you'll get and also like i don't know it i don't know just like the the when i visit a website and the ui is not where like it looks like 20 years ago that just like throws me off a bit compared to like when you go to a blog to article uh and it's like i don't know it's like a well put together piece like i think there could be value to just like um how um aesthetically pleasing the content is put together almost more like a magazine style compared to like uh an old wordpress site that has like the default blue links and things like (laughs) that like uh i and i haven't seen a lot of that um yeah but it's not yeah it's also not the first thing that i'm going to be working on um because there's 
yeah, there are other priorities. Um, what I really want to get to is automating that value as well. And that mm-hmm. is a lot of, so there's like two parts of this. There's kind of like the transactional emails. Um, and then there's the marketing emails. What we were talking about is more like the marketing emails yep. or like what people would be interested in in a content um, format. But then there's this other side of it. And this is where it almost starts to turn into more of an app than just a website is like yeah if i can convert people to registering an account and then following certain keywords or styles then we can notify them when those styles have been there's new uh, new ones added to the site or these Mm -hmm. three beers have been added and right now i don't have any anything doing that but um that could power that could be a machine that powers multiple drivers to the site, which is like email marketing, Twitter. Like you can imagine where we deploy a new version of the site, four new, four new beers are added, and then we tweet automatically. We have new beers from at this brewery, at that brewery, at this one. And then it yep. has a composite image of like the labels, like, and it's like all done for me. And it happens like three times a day. Well, yeah, like, that'd be awesome. I don't have to do anything, and it's providing value in in itself. So I really want to get to a point where I'm doing things like that, that scale without me having to worry too much about what I'm doing um, or worry too much about writing all this stuff. But I yes. think they will be supportive of each other. And so that's kind of uh, longer term or like midterm, medium yeah. term. And I think I, I, I can tell and I, I feel I know that, you know, your, your long term goal is, is probably not to be the person writing up these 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 marketing pieces or, or having those communications. And I think, um, yeah, it's 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 a good case for if you know if you can find some money in this that there there are lots of people who are actually super eager to do those types of tasks. Um, so yeah, it, it doesn't even the things that are more manual. Hopefully, in the long term, don't have to sit with you. But there are interesting things to figure out so that you can guide somebody else to take that over uh, in the future. But it's honestly all the things that you're thinking about sound really cool. Yeah, it's it's cool. There's like so much in this that is way more interesting than I thought too. Mm-hmm. Um, in the technical side of things, you know, and and in just like the I don't know, trying to um, trying to find the audience and meet them where they are. Um, yeah, it, yeah. There's just a lot to it that is really interesting. Uh, what was my? I had one other thing. I think that was a a goal there. Um, so yeah, I said trying to get to 10,000 active visitors. We're trying to get a hundred email subscribers. Oh, and just trying to grow the number of breweries on the list. And so that means like getting outside of just like, uh, you know, this, the standard, like I know how to get it from certain platforms right now and Mm -hmm. I'm expanding that into other ones. And so I've been kind of figuring out, uh, through, you know, my like investigative website, scraping ish uh abilities how i can access some of that data it's all public i'm not like hacking into anything yeah you know just trying to find where that is hosted or do i need to be scraping from the actual page itself using like a web crawler i forget cheerio or something whatever they're called is that one i think it's one i've never heard of it but there's a uh, there's a ton yeah so i'm looking it up yeah, Cheerio web scraping. Yeah, so like, you know, that's kind of last resort. But if there's like an easier way to find the data, then I'd prefer to do that. Um, yeah, so- it's interesting, right? Because when when everything is on 
a uniform platform and that's where that's probably where 80% of them are, it's easy to get that initial data. And if there's another chunk of, let's say 10% that are on a different platform, then probably that's lucrative. But then if there's this, you know, remaining, let's say like 10% that all have their own websites, it's, and it's something that, you know, we ran into a lot because I, I worked in web scraping prior to my current job is that like, is the value really there? Uh, especially given the rate at which these sites tend to like change or break or whatever it is. And so, yeah, I'm curious what what type of a solution you come to for those remaining individuals. Yeah. Yeah, and that is definitely how I'm prioritizing as well, which is unfortunate because I want to add value to like the breweries that need it the most that yep. um, you know, a lot of them have reached out and been like, "Hey, we are seeing a drop in sales. Can we be added to your listings? And I'm like, I want to help, but like, I'm not there yet with your platform. And like, I can't spend like three days trying to integrate for one brewery. I need to maximize the value at this point for like, okay, there's like 30 breweries using this other one and then maybe 20 on another. And so I'm starting to work out how that looks, but I'm at least getting the integration set up so that I know how to insert one, transform it and then like, and then get it into the format that I want. I also wonder, like, I I wonder why these breweries are maybe on different platforms, like what the reasoning is. And, 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 and I wonder if it's just worth like a quick, thing to say, listen, if you were operating on this platform, it would be easy for us to have you on there tomorrow, you know, especially if they're a tiny brewery. I don't know. Maybe they just don't really know what I don't, not that you should become a consultant in people moving platforms, but I just, I wonder why they are even on these more obscure platforms. I've actually like been talking with Dan about this is like, I'm not super interested in doing like e-commerce websites for like moving people over in their yeah. sites or whatever, or getting people set up. But like, if he is, then I'd happily like yeah. support him. And like, we do have a direct uh, line of communication. Actually, someone contacted us um, and on our launch day and was just like, Hey, we do this. Like we are an e-commerce building platform if you want to do a partnership where you hand us off sales, like then we can, you know, um, do some sort of, I don't really know what the agreement was, but basically it would be a partnership to like, we make the introductions and they pick up the sale and then run with it. Like, like the sale to move them to a different platform. You mean? Uh, sorry. Yeah. To like actually go and maybe build them a site or fix up their site. Um, interesting. And so that was an interesting thing that came up. I haven't replied to it cause I've been focused on other things, but mm-hmm. it's one option like very hands off and then it goes to as much as like hands on as I want or we want to like actually take that on or be like, Hey Dan, like I just saw 12 websites that suck. (laughs) Why don't you go and like pitch them on like bringing them over to a site. And once we get one of them, we can do like probably like once you figure out the template for one of them, you could do like 20 of them easily. And this is a time where people need to deliver the most. The value is there and we could, um, maybe they're losing a lot. I was just going to say, maybe they're losing a lot of revenue right now. So they don't have money to just shell out for a platform. Yeah. But you just say, hey, percentage of sales until this has paid for itself. Like you're yeah. going to see a million percent increase in revenue from zero. <laughs> like, you know, like you can't go down from there. And so you just get them to do a payback plan. So, but I also feel like, and I don't know this intimately, that shop- Shopify setups 
are pretty straightforward even for non-technical individuals. And I really, I don't think that the monthly cost is super high for small shops. Like I thought it was quite nominal. Um, yeah. It is. I just meant like if we were going to take it on and yes. like build it for them, then yes. we would charge a fee for doing it. Yeah, of course. But of yeah, course. definitely like would encourage them if they have the technical means. And it's not even, you're right, you can do some with no technical implementation. In fact, I've noticed that the ones that try to take the more technical approach end up shooting themselves in the foot. Just yeah. use one of the base themes, which I never thought I'd say as a developer because I like... I don't know. I love coding and stuff, but the yeah. ones that are uh, that are custom coded using maybe Shopify's API, like some of them tend to be worse off. Uh, because yeah, of I think that's the thing is like, I mean, the templates are there for a reason and they're built by experts and like the UI is, you know, of it is widely researched and tested. And so they know that these templates work and, and they're easy to use for for end users. And if you don't have a whole department who, who can take the time to make sure that not only is the experience right, is the development working correctly, then like, yeah, you can, you can end up in a much worse position um, just by trying to differentiate yourself in that manner. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And so there, so with these like goals that I have and all these ideas that are also coming, I've been trying to just manage this in a reasonable way through, Notion has helped immensely. Um, mm -hmm. I've also, we've, so I'm, it goes back to actually what you were saying of just like getting um, that quick win with someone who's not used to using um, kind of Scrum or Kanban or something. Like you can take them a long way. So, uh, you know, I'm working with Dan on this. He hasn't used Notion before, probably not too much with like boards and stuff. And, and then, um, so it's been just trying to like, figure out that process but i've i've been just like very diligent about like putting tasks in prioritizing them and making sure that um i know what my next thing is that i'm working on i i want to actually like have retrospectives uh mm -hmm. just because i think no matter what team size that you're at i think there's value to just saying like hey what went well this week what went wrong and like how can we improve upon that um yeah. And so we may do that later today, actually. Um, and then just like make sure that we're working on whatever is the topmost priority. Um, and, and yeah, another tool that I have been using because we're sharing an email inbox for this, um, yeah. for any emails that are coming in, started using this tool called Missive. And uh, I heard about it first from Wes Boss, like mentioned it on his podcast. That's how he and his assistant managed the email inbox. It's, it's freaking cool. There's like definitely some stuff that is weird to get used to about it, but it basically gives you an email inbox and then around the email is like a chat window, almost like uh, Slack or Skype or something where you can talk with your team about an email and just be like, Hey, oh, cool. what do you think of this? Or like, check out this draft that I just um, wrote up or um, should we bother replying to this right now? And you can tag people and it's like, mm -hmm kind of what I've wanted, um, mostly what I've wanted out of an email platform uh, because it's just like a nice user experience. And so anyone who's like trying to like juggle sharing emails with another person like and you end up talking outside different like um, platforms, it I would highly recommend it. It's been very helpful. Um, so between that and Notion has been like super, super great for making sure that we're working on the right things, replying to the right people and doing doing stuff properly so yeah it sounds cool i'll check it out yeah um 
Yeah, I don't know. You know, one thing that I noticed too, I know you got to get going soon, um, but I guess I'll just wrap up no, here. No, we have time. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I did notice, you know, like Thursday, Friday, those were the big days. And then I jumped right back into dev mode because I want to like add these new breweries and stuff. And it kind of like you start realizing, first of all, like if I was totally on my own, this would be like killer because like it completely goes silent once you switch yeah. from like dev back over to um or from marketing to dev and you it's so hard to be doing both at the same time which is a huge motivator for why i want to schedule a lot of this stuff in advance and like automate it um mm -hmm. but also it's been helpful to have yeah dan like helping on some of those fronts um to make sure um it's still challenging though because you end up there are times in all honesty where it's like you um where i maybe think that we've got a base covered and then it's not covered and it's no one's fault. It's just like, we haven't communicated that clearly enough. Like, Oh, there's not enough posts on the Instagram or something. And it's like, if I knew that it wasn't going to happen, I would do it. But there's like mm -hmm. this kind of gray area of like, okay, you're taking social. I'm taking, uh, I don't know, Reddit. You're, or you're taking uh, Facebook. I'm taking Twitter, but it kind of mixes into this like gray zone. And so it's like, yeah, I think that's one of the things that we need to figure out just full transparency. No one's like fault or anything. It's just trying to figure out um, how to make sure that the most important work is getting done. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think that's lends to your point that doing retrospectives will be immensely helpful for you. And then I have, I have next to no experience around um, running social for anything, but I wonder if, you know, as these, as these slip ups or miscommunications happen, um, you know, it, it lends to you being able to create policies for, okay, whenever X event happens, we're going to post on X, Y, Z, or, you know, at whatever frequency there should be posts going out. So, you know, you're able to create that, that social schedule that mm -hmm. I've heard exist, but I've never made one in my life. Um, but yeah, I think like putting together like a schedule and some policies so that, uh, there's a common understanding of what's actually expected because, we never, no matter how much we think we're in sync with somebody, are on the exact same page unless it's like quite explicitly agreed upon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think part of it is exactly that. Coming up with a systematized version of post-scheduling. What is the ongoing, like when this happens, this like when this trigger happens, this action fires from it. And it's like, that's how I like to think in like dev terms, but in the yeah. real world where not all of this can be like managed through an automated API and you actually have to like have human intervention to like go and post something, uh, you know, that that's where things can like fall apart a bit more. And yeah, it's always the human parts that are the hardest parts. It's never the technical. Well, I mean, in, in tech, I find like I've never found that the technical parts are insurmountable. It's more so just like the challenges of how you actually end up communicating. And so just trying to make sure that we do that properly is, is going to be um, crucial to how, how this goes. But yeah, again, I guess that's pretty much where we can leave it with this. There's, um, there's a lot more to come. I'm going to keep working on this because it seems to be going well. And uh, I have, you know, time for it right now. And so that's kind of where my focus is on getting, you know, getting this up and seeing where it goes. I honestly think it's just been a really good, I think I mentioned maybe last time the stair step approach of like building businesses. And mm -hmm. this is like a, such a like 
perfect example of that because it's like a small enough case. There's not like major technical complexity. I'm not getting like monthly subscribers um, like paying me every month that I have to provide ongoing value for and come up with like an authorization system for user management like right from the get-go. Like I launched this. I can already get people in using it and see what they're doing with it and like figure like start making mistakes um, now and I feel like it's been perfect for that. Like it's not my end goal to do something like this um, as like my final business venture, mm-hmm. but um, but it's been really cool to just like um, takes to start here. And I, I would encourage anyone else to, who's like thinking of like starting up some big idea, like start small and and then go for your next thing like don't i don't know don't make it a giant it's got to be a beer app that everyone in the world uses like just niche in like i've niched in on ontario beer people that are looking for delivery and that is like you know pretty narrow scope and then maybe it can grow out from there or maybe Mm -hmm. completely shift i don't know but um i think it's been super helpful to like find those people and meet them where they are in their subreddits in their twitter threads in um i don't know just like the beer media that they follow because it's like so narrowly scoped yeah i think i think it makes sense and and one thing that i keep thinking of too around uh the 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 market that you're targeting and and the markets that are available for targeting right now is that there's been such a shift in it in that the majority of the world is now living differently than they were a month ago and i think it creates these new types of consumers who are interested in things that they may not have been, you know, a month ago. But the interesting thing here is there's an opportunity because people are are almost forced into changing their behavior in some ways, if they want to get the things that they want, that there's these opportunities to start creating resources and services for these individuals that actually might have longer term sticking power. It's like all of a sudden, you know, this was useful during isolation, but it it continues to be useful. And I'm now open to changing my behavior because I was forced to unfortunately, but then it was a good experience. And and now, you know, it's ingrained in me. And so it's interesting because you know, you've put together this list of, of of breweries that are delivering, but I've seen so many things that people are coming out with, whether it's, you know, supporting small Toronto businesses. Um, so lists like that, or um, there's a couple other examples that I'm blanking on right now. But I think even when I was talking to Diego and we were talking about your beer finder uh, and we were having a conversation with my family about all the online workout classes that they were doing. And, and some of them were like, well, I'm doing, I live in Toronto, but I'm doing workout classes from a gym in London because mm-hmm. they have this type of workout that I want to do. And we were thinking like, yeah, that's an opportunity as well, you know, um, to consolidate lists of you can work out with a gym trainer across the world now, which was probably not available to you before because they didn't, you know, live stream their workouts. And um, so I think that's really interesting. And then the last thing I want to say is that anyone I have sent beer finder to has just had like the most lovely feedback for you. And they're super excited about it. And I had, you know, I sent it to family. I sent it to friends. I had some friends specifically say like, I was looking for something exactly like this last week. This is great. And then, you know, I sent it to the beer guild at work and, and some people, they, they know you because they worked with you previously, but it was also great because they were like, Oh, I ran into cam at some homebrewing events last year. That's so cool. And, and I have people who want to get added to the list. So it's interesting how, you know, there's people who are super into beer that, you know, it's for them, but there's also my friends who are casual beer drinkers that it's, it's also a service for them. Um, yeah. So I just think it's really cool and, and it's been well received to everybody that I've sent it to.
just to like yeah quickly touch those points is like i think that yeah riding this like whenever you're starting a business like i've heard others mention or like speak to this kind of analogy of like you're surfing right like this guy justin jackson always talks about um riding the wave and you're you're trying to catch the wave and you can feel when you're on a wave that like actually has some movement to it that can like actually lift you up and that's what this has felt like like you could actually see first of all like yeah the response has been there that people actually know right away what the tool does and how to use it and like it's very clear and there's a need for it and i think making sure that yeah because some waves i think i'm sure this wave will like um i don't know wave analogies well enough to continue with this but <laughs> what like happens it's, to it's waves <laughs> not going to continue forever that we're all just like using um like delivery only but to your point of like i've been trying to think a lot about what comes from this that people are going to want to continue using and for me i've been using grocery deliver since like uh a, like two years now because i find it's like so convenient helpful it's actually less expensive for me than going and ubering to the store and then ubering back or like going with like groceries and like trying to like Mm -hmm. carry all this stuff like it it's a frustrating experience i actually can't get grocery delivery now because there's like none available (laughs) so it's kind of flipped it (laughs) so i can't i actually can't wait to get back to doing that at some point but it's this has been one of those things that i'm just like actually it feels like I could see people continuing with this shift. And also regardless, like people want to see a directory of like where they can find like who, who has what beer without having to go to every brewery directly anyway. So yeah, I, I was kind of intentional about like, this could have a, a longer impact as well. Um, and yeah, just trying to like, I don't know, ride the wave while it's going. And here we are back in that silly yeah. wave analogy <laughs> <laughs> i think it's gonna be good but i think yeah with that um lots of great updates this is a, a longer but lovely chat uh maybe you want to let people know where they can find us yeah you can find us at beerfinder. <laughs> no i just kidding uh, <laughs> oh, you can find us at workpalspodcast.com and on twitter at workpals awesome take it Catch easy you later bye, bye.